Park Baptist Church. Good evening to y'all. How y'all doing this evening? You doing great? Thumbs up? Hey, man. Glad to hear it. Now, what we'd like for you to do at this time, uh, if you're able to rise, we would love for you to join us in singing hymn 63. Hymn 63. Then we'll have an opening word of prayer. You may be seated afterwards. Hymn 63. Hymn 63. Oh, how he loves you and me. Hymn 63. Oh, how he loves you and me. Hymn 63. Oh, how he loves you and me. and uh, your wife's care over that, Lord, and of our missionaries, Lord. It was indeed a blessing, Father. And so, Father, tonight we're expecting uh, another blessing from you, Lord, by the preaching of your word. And, Father, we just pray, Lord, that you'll bless the preaching of your word and bless the remainder of this song service. And, Father, we pray, Lord, that uh, if there are any here tonight who are lost, Lord, that they may get saved and that the ones who are here saved, Lord, that they'll be encouraged and strengthened in, in your word. It is in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen as you may be seated as we sing hymn 124, hymn 124, kneel at the cross. Hymn 124, kneel at the cross. <laughs> Him 124, him 124, kneel at the cross. Oh, kneel at the cross. Christ will meet you there. Come while he waits for you. Listen to his voice.
This evening, y'all doing all right? Amen. Well, I'm just checking on you. Hey, grab your bulletins real quick. Uh, please uh, remember, if you're going to Branson tomorrow, be here 5:30 a.m. All right, and uh, we're going to go. If everybody gets here 5:30, we'll take off. And you know, the uh, uh, the the distance or that is not is all the same. The time that it takes us to get there depends on you know you. <laughs> so, uh, but we're we're not in a hurry. We got plenty of time. But be here in the morning, five thirty, ready to go, and uh, and just uh, wear your traveling clothes or travel in. You better bring your blanket, you know, so uh, the air conditioner still works. And and if it's even forty five or fifty outside, we'll probably still have the air conditioner on in the bus. Amen. Amen. I like it. You know, um, we may want to hang some beef in there or something. So just bring your blanket and a pillow and. Uh, but for the play, for the uh, theatrical play there at the theater, uh, just wear some uh, casual dress, I guess, if you will. Just, um, you know, like uh, dress like you're coming to church on Wednesday night, and uh, everything will be fine. We, uh, we'll, we'll go and eat, and uh, uh, I forgot who's going. Um, Brother Tracy's going. He's buying everybody's dinner at Lambert's, okay? I'll get it out in a minute. <laughs> He's... He's all the color washed out of his face there for a minute. No, but we're gonna we're gonna have a great time, and uh, but please be here five thirty, ready to go, and we'll make plenty of stops for everybody. Uh, so don't forget about that. All right, we'll we'll go in tomorrow, come back Friday, so uh, everything's set up and ready to go. If you haven't uh, taken care of your, uh, if you need to pay anything, just see Miss White about that. Okay. Uh, also, don't forget about. Um, let's see what else is coming up. This says men's. Uh, sports night pickleball at, at 6 30 uh, October 27 so I guess that's coming up pretty much too uh, but please don't forget about that everything is in here in your bulletin you know uh, this is well just read your bulletin all right and don't forget about that Saturday morning uh, 9 30 for soul winning please be ready uh, to go for that as well uh, and then also Turn in your Faith Promise Mission card. Uh, please uh, do that. Uh, right now, we're we're about, um, I forgot what I wrote down. Um, we're about right at $2,300 a week uh, for our Faith Promise, so uh, just, uh, which is awesome. Now, that we, uh, are, you gave over and above what was, uh, what was promised last year. Um, I forgot what, if you look in your bulletin, it's in there. It says that uh, faith promised to date was 117000 plus that 3000 mission giving, and that was like special offerings that we gave for missionaries when they come or some things like that. So uh, we're well over $120,000 this year for faith promise. And uh, so you've done better than what 
I'm, what I'm trying to say is you've done better than what's come in on the cards, which is awesome. Uh, you've done that the last two years. And I think last year you gave just a little bit over $100,000. So this year we, you went over and above that by 20. And uh, so I say praise the Lord for that. Uh, I, I believe with all my heart that God blesses a mission-minded church. Amen. Amen. Uh, if you want God's blessings on you, just be a part of Faith Promise Missions and, and do it with a, uh, a, you know, a cheerful spirit, and I promise God will bless. So if you haven't turned one of these in, please do that. We wait till the end of the month uh, for that, which runs through. you got another w two weeks to go that will add to our Faith Promise to date. Uh, so it'll be up there probably around $125,000 this year for our, for our mission. So praise the Lord for that. Um, if you also look on here, our, our men's prayer breakfast is coming up and all those things on your, on your bulletin. So please uh, read those as well. Let's pray and have a good day Sunday. Uh, I'm, I'm ready. You know, all this preaching this past week, I'm ready to preach. One thing about sitting and listening to preaching, it'll get you ready to preach if you're a preacher. So I pray that everybody be back, be in their place this Sunday. Let's have a good day. And uh, I, I still think that God wants to do something here in Central Park Baptist Church. And there's no telling what this place would look like if everybody got here on the same day. I'm just, I mean, honestly, I... Uh, uh, I, you know, a, a week ago tonight, you know, we had a great Wednesday night crowd. Yes, sir. Amen. And, uh, you know, and it's just, but people are transient. They're in and they're out. And uh, no telling what it would look like. I, I, if we could get everybody here on a Sunday. We ought to do our best one Sunday before the end of this year or do it every Sunday to have 100% day on Sunday just to see what Central Park looks like when everybody gets here. Amen. So I want to encourage you. Think about that, and uh, let's do our best, all right? Prayer sheets. Anybody need a prayer sheet? Raise your hand. I'll keep your hand up. Brother John's coming. All right. Um, please remember to pray for just uh, all these that are on our prayer list, and uh, there's many. Um, I haven't heard any updates on Brother Harmon or our uh, Brother Merlo's daughter, so keep them in your prayers if you would, please. Uh, pray for all of our folks on our help list. Uh, keep them in your prayer. Um, just uh, pray for our missionaries. Listen, I want you to please pray for uh, Israel. You know, God teaches us that we need to pray for Israel. Uh, if you want to know how close we are to the Lord coming back, watch Israel. I'm telling you, the, the media is on them. Even since, and I'm not a politician, but... Uh, you know, even since this uh, missile strike that hit the hospital the other day, they have determined that it did not even come from uh, Israel, but the media and everybody else won't even listen. Kind of sounds like the day in which we live. We can have the facts right here in front of us, but people still refuse to listen. Amen. And so, uh, listen, the Bible says when you see wars and rumors of wars, lift up your head for your redemption draweth nigh. Uh, and I believe that we are close. I say, even so, Lord, come. Uh, I, I'm ready for him to come back. So please uh, pray for Israel. Pray for these, again, that are on our list. Let's pray for our day Sunday. Uh, let's pray for lost people. I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, do we pray that God will send lost people? We ought to pray every day. God, please send us some lost people. Uh, God, help us to reach some lost people this week. We need to pray that every day.
But then when we pray, then we need to do our part. Yeah. Amen. Put some uh, shoe leather to our prayers and, uh, and let's ask God to use us. But let's pray for lost folks, too, that we see somebody come uh, Sunday and get saved. And all God's people can say, amen. amen. Dear Father, we pray and ask you, Lord, to uh, help us, God, tonight. Lord, thank you, God, for the privilege, God, to stand in this place and preach the word of God. And I'm thankful, Lord, that you've allowed me to be uh, a pastor here at Central Park. I'm thankful for our people. God, I'm thankful for their faithfulness, Lord, and uh, God, their willingness to be to be steadfast. And I pray, God, that you would help us, Lord, to uh, not only stay the course, but to continue, God, in what you've called us to do, and that's reaching people with the gospel uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray, Father, that you'd help us and burden our hearts, Lord, for lost people. God, I pray that this Saturday that you would help us, Lord, uh, to, and to find that lost person, that they would come to know Christ as their personal Savior. And, Lord, that you would send someone that's lost, uh, God, this Sunday, Lord, that they'll come and realize that they're lost, realize that they need a Savior, and they'll come and trust Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. So, Lord, please help us, God, this week. I pray, dear Father, God, that you'd be with all of our missionaries, Lord, that are on the foreign field. Uh, God, they face things, Lord, that we here in this uh, country that we'll never face, Lord. And, God, I pray for them today that you would, uh, Lord, strengthen them and help them supply their need according to your riches and glory. And, uh, God, I pray that you'd give us a heart as we, uh, Lord, uh, come to the close this past Sunday of our Faith Promise uh, Conference, Lord. But, God, I pray that that burden in our hearts would burn uh, brighter and burn harder, uh, hotter, Lord, for uh, for missions and Lord not just abroad but God right here in Carrollton Texas Lord as well God I was driving in today this morning and I thought Lord in a place that's uh, gr uh, growing like it is God surely there's people that we need to reach Lord surely God there's a 200 people Lord that uh, God that need Christ and are looking for Central Park Baptist Church but God help us Lord not wait till they find us Lord help us to find them and, God, that we can encourage them to come and love on them, God. And if they're lost, God, we can get them in and, and teach them about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, Lord, help us and burden our hearts. I pray, God, that you'd help us, Lord, this Saturday as we go out into uh, the highways and hedges, Lord, and lock doors, that you'd help us to have a good group to come out, Lord, and, and uh, go door to door. And, and uh, Lord, just invite folks uh, to come to Central Park. So, Lord, please help us with that. I pray for Israel, Lord. Uh, God, that's your people, and Lord, uh, uh, God, you said that if uh, you'll bless those that bless them, and Lord, curse those that uh, curse them, and and uh, Lord, I pray that God, that you'd help us, Lord, uh, beginning right here at Central Park Baptist Church, that you would help us, Lord, to do what we can to help Israel, Lord, and, and if that's by supporting someone who's a missionary there, like Brother Reichman, Lord, I pray, God, that you'd help us to do that, and Lord, help us again to be steadfast in it. Lord, I pray, God, that you would just uh, bless, uh, again, our Bible study tonight. I pray, God, that your hand will be upon us, Lord, as we move back into the life of King David. Help me, Lord. I pray, God, for liberty tonight, Lord, as I stand and, uh, and, and just uh, tell folks about the message that you've laid upon my heart. I pray, God, that you'd help me to stay in the context of your word. And, uh, Lord, that you'd help us to apply the message to our hearts uh, God, that we might be strengthened and encouraged, Lord, challenged as well in our Christian walk. 
So, Lord, I pray, God, that you'd be with us in a special way. Thank you, Lord, again for our folks. I pray that you'd bless our offering tonight. Lord, help us, God, to be faithful in our tithes and offerings. Help us, Father God, to rightly or to be good stewards of it. Help us, God, to use it in a way that would bring honor and glory to your holy name. And we'll be mindful to give you the praise for it because it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come. Amen. At this time, if you're able to rise, we would love for you to join us in singing hymn 324, hymn 324, Wonderful Grace of Jesus, and then please briefly greet each other as we prepare for this evening's Bible study. 324, 324, the wonderful grace of Jesus. A wonderful grace of
1 Samuel chapter 20. 1 Samuel chapter 20. We're going to start reading in uh, verse 24. We'll read down through verse 33. 1 Samuel 20. In verse 24 down through verse 33. When you find your place, say amen. Okay, that's, that's about a third. All right. Uh, 1 Samuel 20, verse 24. Find your place, say amen. So David hid himself in the field. And when the new moon was come, the king set him down to eat meat. And, and the king sat upon his seat at, as at other times, even upon a seat by the wall. And Jonathan arose, and Abner sat by Saul's side, and David's place was empty. Nevertheless, Saul spake not anything that day, for he thought something hath befallen him. He, he's not clean. Surely he's not clean. And it came to pass on the morrow, which was the second day of the month, that David's place was empty. And Saul said unto Jonathan his son, Wherefore cometh not the son of Jesse to meet, neither yesterday nor today? And Jonathan answered Saul, David earnestly asked leave of me to go to Bethlehem. And he said, Let me go, I pray thee, for our family hath a sacrifice in the city, and my brother, he hath commanded me to be there. And now if I have found favor in thine eyes, let me get away, I pray thee, and see my brethren, therefore he cometh not unto the king's table. Then Saul's anger was kindled against Jonathan, and he said unto him, Thou son of the perverse, rebellious woman, do not I know that thou hast chosen the son of Jesse to thine own confusion and unto the confusion of thy mother's nakedness? For as long as the son of Jesse liveth upon the ground, thou shalt not be established, nor thy kingdom. Wherefore now send and fetch him unto me, for he shall surely die. And Jonathan answered Saul his father and said unto him, Wherefore shall uh, he, be, uh, he be slain? What hath he done? And Saul cast a javelin at him to smite him, whereby Jonathan knew that it was determined of his father to slay David. Father, I pray that you again help me, Lord, uh, God, to uh, bring the message that you've laid upon my heart. And I pray, God, that you'd help me again to stay in the context of the Word of God. Lord, challenge us tonight, Lord, and help us, God, and I'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Now, remember, last week we left off and we learned that David uh, and Jonathan had made a plan to discover Saul's intentions because if you remember, David knew Jonathan's intentions were evil, right? David knew that. But Jonathan, on the other hand, guess what? He didn't think so. He was like, now, nah. David was going to listen. I'm telling you, your dad, he, he just wants, he's just thinking evil against me, right? And Jonathan, no, nah, that ain't right. Well, have you seen the commercials where when something, one person says something and the other person says, no, nah, that ain't right. And then they go. You follow me? The husband and the wife, they're in there, and the husband says, no, nah, this didn't happen. And the wife says, yeah, it did. And she gets a red flag and throws it out and calls, you know, and they go back and check, the, like on the football. You follow me? And so they throw the red flag, and then they come back in, and, they, you know, and the video plays back, and then it's like, yep, <laughs> I told you, right? Well, that's kind of what's happening here. David says, Jonathan, listen, Saul means me evil. And Jonathan says, no, nah, that ain't it. Well, they devise a plan. 
and they're about to have a, a playback. They, the, the red flag has been thrown. And so they're about to play back through their, the plan that they have so they can see what's going on. And if you think about this, Jonathan's plan, as you'll see here, always included God. He has never left God out of his plan. God was always at the center of his decision-making. And it's no wonder when you come to this place that, that, that his faith at this point was stronger than David's because Jonathan tells David, listen, that, that, listen, no, Jonathan's saying, listen, we'll just wait and see what God has to say. So Jonathan is really doing the right thing, even though he's not quite sure. So in fact, if you go here, you find that Jonathan tells David, David, you're going to have to wait three days to find out Saul's attitude. Listen, Patience and waiting is difficult for most people. Amen? Uh, I'm, but, now, but it's got that way that Christians are just as bad about waiting as lost people. Can, can everybody say amen? amen? Yeah. But waiting is even harder. Think about this. It's even harder when you're not operating in God's will for your life. When you're outside of God's will, I'm telling you, patience and waiting is not going to work for you. It's only when you're in God's will. Now, in fact, look in verse 24. Verse 24 tells us that David is going to hide himself in a field three days. Now, at first I thought, man, what a, you know, I'm thinking, now here's David, he's been uh, anointed as the future king, he's going to get his bed out there in a little tent, you know. He, no, wait a minute, this ain't it. He's going to wait out here in a field. But then I thought, but guess what? David's used to it. You say, how, how you know? well, he's a shepherd. He knows what it's like to sleep outside. He knows what it's like to rough it. And so David goes out there and he hides himself in this field. I mean, so he knows, but, but he still has to wait. He still has to wait, and sometimes you and I, we also need to learn how to wait. Sometimes we got to wait on God. Amen. In fact, think about this. Sometimes we need to wait and stay in the Word. But guess what? But we get impatient. We get out. Sometimes we need to stay and wait in church for God's answer. But guess what happens? A lot of people get out. Sometimes we need to stay in God's will and wait, but a lot of people will get out of God's will and they'll begin to lean on their own strength and their own knowledge of this flesh and listen, and as a result, you will never find out God's will for your life if you're not already trying to, in the center of His will, waiting on Him. Because when God says, wait a minute, guess what we're going to do? You're going to leave it. And you're going to start operating in the flesh, trying to figure out what God wants you to have. And it'll never work that way. So as in verse 24, it tells us that the new moon was come, and Saul sat down to eat meat. Now, before we run off about this new moon thing, this is not some kind of an occultic practice or anything like that, okay? The feast of the new moon was a popular religious custom of that day. In fact, the new moon marked the beginning of a new month. And if you'll go and read in Numbers chapter 28, you can write these down. Isaiah chapter 1 and Psalm chapter 81 
you'll find that this new moon feast is mentioned in these places. And this it's a celebration that oftentimes lasted more than one day. It lasted two. In fact, when you read here where uh, when Jonathan, or I mean when David didn't show up at this feast, the first day it wasn't a big deal because it lasted into the second day. But Saul, when he's observing this feast, with a clean, he's not observing it with a clean heart. He has an ulterior motive. Saul was still in rebellion against God, and he made this, uh, uh, his observance of, of this feast. It's just an outward showing. He's just going through the motions, so to speak, and, uh, uh, but so that he can do what he wants to do to David. And, and if you go to Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 13 and verse 14, you'll notice again this, this same outward showing later showed the heart of Israel. This is what these verses say. God says to Israel, bring no more vain oblations. Incense is an abomination unto me, and your new moons and your appointed feasts my soul hateth. So they were just doing it just out of, you know, this is what you're supposed to do. It's an opportunity to have a feast and get together and have some fellowship and a party. But their heart, Israel's heart, had turned away from God. And the same thing is happening here to Saul. Saul came with a heart of hatred toward God's anointed. It's all for show. Saul was just playing church, if you will. And the fact the Bible teaches us in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 5, he teaches us that in the last days, worship for show is going to be a problem. Can I tell you today that worship today is a bunch of show. Uh, they want to get a crowd together. They want to have a big uh, shindig kind of thing and spend just a little time preaching on on the on the the things of God that really don't challenge anybody to live right. Listen, it's all for show. God help us to understand today there's a purpose why we come here. There's a purpose to why we come and we come into the presence of a holy and a righteous God is to challenge us in our relationship with God Almighty. It's to challenge us to try to live better and do better for the things of God. But here they're doing it just for show. In fact, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 5, it says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Listen, uh, worship in a lot of places today, it's a form of godliness, but they deny the power of God in it. I, listen, I want people to feel the presence of Almighty God and, and witness the power of God and how God changes the lives of people. Listen, if there are laws where they get saved, uh, if they're Christians, they're, they repent and get their heart right with God, but that only comes through the power of Almighty God, not through some kind of show. Saul, he's coming only uh, just, uh, you know, an outward showing. His motives aren't pure. But notice in verse 30, you see something happen. He says, Then Saul's anger was kindled against Jonathan, and he said to him, Thou son of the perverse, rebellious woman, do not I know that thou hast chosen the son of Jesse to thine own confusion and unto the confusion of thy mother's nakedness? Listen, when Saul realized that David intentionally missed the feast. He had a temper tantrum. You ever seen a kid have a temper tantrum? 
I've seen them in the malls before, and you know, and I've seen them just fall down in the floor and out there in the middle of the deal, and they just start screaming and hollering, and and I've seen a parent just step over them and just keep on walking, and I'm thinking, man, I'm I'm thinking my mom and daddy was never that way. My dad always said, listen, I will jerk your arm off and beat you to death with it. And you know what? I believed it. Uh, Well, Saul is having a temper tantrum. And the outburst reveals his feelings about David. And it also revealed that they were not the feelings that Jonathan thought they were. Be sure your sin will. Yeah. Look in verse 31. For as long as the son of Jesse liveth upon the ground, thou shalt not be established, nor thy kingdom. Now watch this. I want you to turn over to, uh, well, I didn't write it down. I'll have to get it, find it in a minute, all right? Now, now watch this. Uh, Jonathan, when the pressure's on, uh, he fell into David's lie. He gave the excuse David had mentioned. Do you remember? David said, listen, Jonathan, uh, if, if Saul asks you where I am, you say this. In other words, uh, Jonathan or David tells Jonathan, you lie on my behalf. Okay? Now watch. Uh, the excuse when he told, when Jonathan told Saul what was going on, the excuse didn't set well with Saul. Not because Jonathan lied, but because Saul hated David. And he gets mad. And and if you've noticed, listen, that those, think about this, those who are dead and trespasses and sin, life doesn't mean a whole lot to them. Yeah. In fact, those who are carnal Christians and away from God, living in the things of this world, they have also fallen into this humanistic ways of this world. How, how sad it is today when you can look and see uh, videos of what uh, the wicked and evil people are doing to babies over here in Israel, and they show it, and you can see it, and still people will rise up against Israel and say, listen, we don't believe that. Well, the, listen, the, the, the proof is right there. Wicked. And now here's uh, Jonathan. He, he lies to his father on David's behalf. Look in verse 31. Look what he does. He says, For as long as the son of Jesse liveth upon the ground, thou shalt not be established, nor thy kingdom. Wherefore, now send and fetch him unto me, for he shall surely die. Now, it, it's a wicked outburst for one thing. And Saul is so far outside of God's will, he starts spewing these vile remarks about his wife, Jonathan's mother. And one of the greatest insults you could give to someone is to dishonor a person's mother. Now, in my where I live and where I stand from my perspective, that is still a pretty big insult today. Yeah. Amen? I mean... Uh, we, we've had things go on and, you know, people, you know, they, if they start in an argument and if they feel like they can't win, they get personal about it. You ever notice that? Uh, it, it begins, it, it's, it, it, it gets off topic. And they, they, they see that they don't have a leg to stand on and then it's like, well, you're just ugly. 
you have a big nose or you don't have any hair or, or you know, and they start getting personal. Yeah. Because they know that they, their argument has no factual basis whatsoever. Well, this is kind of what's going on with Saul. He's mad and he starts dishonoring uh, Jonathan's mother and his wife. And, and, and what makes it even worse is that Saul is speaking evil against her, but, but it shows a complete lack of respect. By calling his mother rebellious, Saul is calling him rebellious. But Jonathan is anything but rebellious. I mean, the, the reason Saul is calling Jonathan this is because uh, this is who Saul had become. You know, usually when if there's something going on in our life, the reason we see it in other people's lives so quick and we're so easily, you know, complaining and judgmental about that person and what that's going on in their life is probably because it's what's going on in our life. So it's easier for me to point a finger at someone else and condemn them. It's a lot easier to do that than it is for me to repent. Well, that's exactly what Saul is doing. Saul, he has become a perverse, rebellious individual. And then Saul puts down Jonathan's friendship with David. And he says, Thou hast chosen the son of Jesse to thine own confusion and unto the confusion of thy mother's nakedness. David was a good friend, and Saul, as a parent, ought to have been thrilled. He should have been thrilled that Jonathan had a friend like David. I mean, he should have been ecstatic, but listen, but bad people like Saul are completely backward in their assessment of what's good and what's bad. We live in a world today where people are calling evil good and good evil. Yeah, why? Listen, they, because they're evil people. They, they're away from God, and, and they're backward in their assessments. But notice what Saul says in verse 31. Now, and this is what I was going to get to a while ago. It says, For as long as the son of Jesse liveth upon the ground, thou shalt not be established, nor thy kingdom. Turn back to 1 Samuel chapter 15. 1 Samuel chapter 15, and look in verse 28. Now Samuel's talking to David. And Samuel said unto him, The Lord hath rent the kingdom of Israel from thee this day, and hath given it to a neighbor of thine that is better than thou. You know what's happened? Saul has forgotten about that. He has forgotten that the kingdom will never be established with him or any of his family. And so, and he has forgotten, and he, and he says that, listen, that as long as the son of Jesse lives, listen, that you'll never be king. That's what he says. Listen, and what he has forgotten is that he's not going to be king anyway. God's already said David's going to be king. All these things that Saul says only reveals his heart because the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart... The mouth speaks. In other words, what comes up in the bucket reveals what's down in the well. Amen? If it comes up in the bucket of our mouth, it only reveals what's down in our heart. We got to be careful. Can I encourage you as a child of God? Listen, you ought to have a, your speech ought to be clean. And if it's not clean, if you have to use all these un, 
all these adjectives to express yourself. Listen, there's something going on down here. Yeah. Um, so, oh, Saul, he just spews out all this hate. But notice in verse 33 what happens. Let me read it. And Saul cast a javelin at him to smite him. Hadn't it got bad? So far, Saul has only thrown javelins at David. Now he's throwing them at his son. Listen, is this bad or what? Why is he throwing them at Jonathan? I mean, why, why, what reason did he have to throw them at David? Zero. He had no reason whatsoever. Just out of complete jealousy. He, he was trying to kill David. And now because Jonathan has befriended David and, and Jonathan is literally standing, and we're going to get to this in a minute, Jonathan is standing up a watch right that now Saul is trying to kill his own son. Listen, when you're out of the will of God, listen, and, you're, and you just continue that path, you're liable to do anything. Saul's proof. And notice what it says about Jonathan when Saul threw the javelin at him. The Bible says, whereby Jonathan knew. Yep. If Jonathan had any doubts up to this point, when the javelin went, you know what he's saying? I think David may have something. I think David was right. I think when he told me that, that my father was trying to kill him and his intentions were evil, I, I, I think I should have listened to him. I mean, so here's it. They're at this feast. Think about it. They're at this joyous occasion. And, John, and, and Saul gets mad at his own son and throws a javelin at him. How would you like to have been there? Have you ever been at someone's house? When a parent or, or two family members and you're having this nice time and it's supposed to be a joyous occasion and, and, and then all of a sudden something breaks out over here in the corner of the living room or in the kitchen and a bunch of yelling and screaming going on and somebody pushes the other person, dishes break and you're standing over here just trying to mind your own business going, hoping it don't spill out over here. And then when it's all over, you're expected to have a good time. Kind of like when we were kids, my dad would say something like, let me tell you something. We're going to go in here, and you're going to have a good time, or you're going to get a whipping when you get home. Well, okay. Well, that's what's going on. I mean, here they are at this joyous occasion. And Saul has turned something that was supposed to be holy into something that was fleshly and wicked. Listen, back to the worship thing. I've seen it. I've seen things that were supposed to be holy and joyous turned into something that is anything but that. Can I, can, listen, can you just look at what worship has turned into these days? Listen, God help us to understand worship is supposed to speak to our hearts and the spirit of man, not to this flesh. Right. It's supposed to, uh, the Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. Amen. 
It's the goodness of God that, that, that challenges us to live right and challenges us that when we get up in the morning to, to live a life that would bring honor and glory to God. That, that's what God wants us to do. But we've turned things that were supposed to be holy into things that are not. Listen, anytime you function without God, you function without wisdom. Look, turn to Romans chapter 1 and verse 28. Romans chapter 1 and in verse 28. Let me get over here. It says, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Listen, if you lose the presence of God in your life, what? listen, you will lose your stability. You will lose your sensibleness in the important things in this life. If you lose the presence of God in your life, you lose those things. Can, I, can we look around and see the, what, that very thing's happening right now today? Look, look back in 1 Samuel chapter 20, verse 34. Notice what it says. So Jonathan arose from the table in fierce anger and did eat no meat the second day of the month. For he was grieved for David because his father had done him shame. Jonathan stood up and spoke for David. If you remember, in fact, go turn back to chapter 19, verse 4 and 5. It says, And Jonathan spake good of David unto Saul his father, and said unto him, Let not the king sin against his servant, against David, because he hath not sinned against thee, and because his works have been thee word very good. For he did put his life in his hand, and slew the Philistine, and the Lord wrought a great salvation for all Israel. Listen, Saul, at this point, he is selfish. He's not worried about all Israel. He's just worried about himself. But it says, but the Lord wrought a great salvation for all Israel. Thou sawest it and didst rejoice. Wherefore then wilt thou sin against innocent blood to slay David without a cause? Listen, Jonathan spoke up for David then, but now, guess what? The circumstances are a whole lot more different. I mean, Saul has thrown a javelin at Jonathan and, and I mean, and, and, and however, Jonathan is not going to allow a difficult circumstance to change his message about David. This is exactly the way we ought to be when we speak up for God. Just because we get in a, a tight spot, just because we get in a difficult circumstances, just because circumstances become a little adverse or maybe the odds are stacked against us. Listen, we should stay the course and be faithful in our message about the Lord Jesus Christ. God, help us not to change the message. It's not always going to be popular, but the message ought to still be the same. We ought to preach it with the love of God in our hearts that we're trying to help somebody to live right, do right, get saved if they're lost. But God help us when the, the odds are stacked against us, just stay the course and preach the message. Jonathan's message was the same. And as we mentioned before, Saul would not accept David's anointing. You remember that, but Jonathan did. 
Jonathan's going to be loyal to the future king. He's going to be loyal to David. In fact, he showed a spirit of sacrifice, a spirit that we don't see much of today. Even in churches, personal honor is people are more worried about that than they are about the honor of the Lord Jesus Christ. A lot of Christians today view Christian service as a means to an end. It's a, it's a job. There's no denial of self. Listen, we ought to come to the place where we eat, drink, and breathe the ministry of Central Park Baptist Church. Amen. We ought to go to bed at night. Listen, I, I love to drink coffee. I don't drink it all day, but man, I like to drink it in the morning. I go out on my back porch sometimes in the cool of the morning, especially since it's starting to get nice and cool. I'll take my Bible with me, and I'll sit out there with a hot cup of coffee, and man, I end, I'll, I'll drink four or five cups easy. And when I get through, I, can't, I, I go to bed, and I go to bed at night, and I'm thinking, man, I can't wait to get up in the morning. It's supposed to be 55, 60 degrees outside. I get to drink some more coffee in the morning. I'm ready to go. It ought to be the same way about serving God, about attending church, about going on soul winning. Listen, we ought to eat, drink, and breathe the cause of Christ in this place. Amen. Um, but we don't see that much anymore. Look in verse 34 again. I'll read it again. It says, so Jonathan arose. He didn't eat. And it says, for he was grieved for David. Because his father had done him shame. You know, it greatly upset Jonathan because of the shame. Watch, brought to David by Saul's words and deeds. Brought to, listen, Jonathan, the Bible says, was grieved. It, it hurt him in his heart. It's because of the shame it brought on David. But can I tell you, it not only brought shame on David, but it brought shame on Saul. It brought shame on the throne. Can, you under, can I uh, get you to understand, listen, that when we don't live right, when we don't do the right thing, it not, it not only brings shame to us, but it brings shame to the cause of Christ. It brings shame to the throne of God when we don't do those things. And it grieved Jonathan. The shame brought on David by Saul in the same thought process. Listen, it ought to, we ought to be grieved when people bring shame to Christ. The church or the cause of Christ. We ought to be grieved when we see a child of God misbehave and, and bring shame on the name of the Lord. We ought to be grieved when we see Christians bring dishonor to the church. Amen. When we see Christians who don't behave in a way uh, that God would have them to, listen, it brings shame to the glory of God. And listen, and, and, and it ought to bother us. It ought to hurt us. It ought to break our heart when people do those things. And we see Saul is here. Listen, he is excessive. He is out of control. And folks, sinful anger destroys our peace with God. It destroys our peace of mind. Have you ever got angry about something? How'd you rest? You know, that's why, by the way, God says for uh, a husband and wife to let not the sin go down on your wrath. I know some people has been up for a month. 
Yep. Listen, sinful anger destroys our own peace of mind. And this is exactly what happened to Saul. It destroyed him. God help us to have a spirit of Jonathan in good times as well as bad. Listen, uh, it's not always going to be good. It's not always going to be easy. Sometimes it's going to be tough. But can, can we still have the right spirit? Yeah, Jonathan did. Uh, even when the people closest to us aren't doing the right thing and they may be against us, yeah, Jonathan did. I mean, even when Saul threw a javelin at him, listen, sometimes people that we love and care about throw javelins at us, but they're, they're in the words that they speak to us. But you know what? We can still stand and do the right thing. You know, you, you can, people can hate you for a lot of things, but they can't hate you for loving them. Yep. The Bible says a soft answer. My mom used to tell me that all the time. A soft answer, turn away wrath. But she would say it like this. You can catch more flies with honey than you can vinegar. Yeah. And you know, folks, listen, it's the same with you and I. When things aren't going so well, the best thing to do is just to calm down. I used to wrestle with Caden when he was little. He done, he's got too big now. and But he would get mad, and I would pin him on the floor and I would just lay on him. I wouldn't let him move. He'd be squirming, and he'd be fighting and yelling. And I'd say, hey, hey, just take a chill pill. I'd say, like my grandson, I'd say, go to Chill City, and everything will be okay. And then he'd lay there, and then he'd just quit. He'd quit squirming. He'd quit fighting. He'd just lay there. He'd take a deep breath and go, and he'd quit. And you know what I'd do? I'd let him up. And you know, it's the same thing with you and me as a Christian. God tries to get us to submit to him. And we lay there and we scream and squirm and murmur and holler. And we, I mean, and we don't want to be still. We want to fight against it. But if we would just stop and let God be God. And submit to his will for our life. You know what would happen? God let us up. And, and if we would walk in his perfect will. I'm telling you. It will it'll be a whole lot different. Same thing with Saul. But Saul has refused. He's refused to even listen to his own son. When his son. Listen. Jonathan loved his dad. I have no doubt with, about that whatsoever. Even when Saul was treating Jonathan and David both bad. Jonathan still loved his dad. You know why? It's his dad. But Jonathan still did the right thing with the right spirit. And so can we. Father, help us. Strengthen us, Lord. God, I pray that you'd help us to, Lord, just stop and be still. Lord, you said to be still and, uh, and, and that we can know that you're God. Lord, so, we're so often we fight and, and squirm against your will in our life when all we got to do is be still and let you be God. God, please help us. Help us to stop, Lord, for uh, just a minute, Lord, and allow you to show us who you are. And God, I pray that when things, if they do get tough, that we'll have the right spirit, have the spirit of Jonathan, Lord. And uh, God, Jonathan still stood and he said the right thing and at the right time. His, 
message didn't change. He was still loyal to David. And so, God, I pray that you would help us, Lord, to stand firm, Lord. And, uh, God, having, to, to, having done all, Lord, help us to stand. And, God, may we stand in your perfect will. And God, if we'll do that, there's no telling what you can do through us and for us, Lord. And so, God, help us, and I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And...